Would you give your mum, dad, aunt or that uncle who hugged your partner a little too long free access to your phone? Oh no! Oh my god, it's, it's a really long video! Ew! In Dave's brand new YouTube original, Get Off My Phone, we've got six comedians to give their phones over to a relative with total freedom to read messages, DMs, photos and browser history. What's your social history? Sorry? What to do? Tips for relief. The rules are simple. Their relative can read anything they want and even make calls from the comedian's phone. What is this? What is I know what this one is. That, that looks really okay. bad. Starring Tanya Moore, Anya Magliano, Finlay Christie, Travis J with his mum Angie Lamar, Hayley Morris, Grace Campbell and dad Alistair Campbell. Slightly sexually compromising <laughs> Divulging their deepest digital secrets. <laughs> what the hell is happening? Get off my phone. A Dave YouTube original. Available now on Dave's YouTube channel. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. This is a Dave original podcast. Hello and welcome to the Hypothetical Podcast. It gives me surreal pleasure to say that I am your host, Ivo Graham, and my guests today will be Josh Widdicombe and James Acaster. Hello, boys. How are you, Ivo? Do you like the power? No, contrary to what certain stereotypes about my schooling would suggest, I don't crave power. <laughs> Um, I actually thrive in quietly submissive roles. So uh, I don't love it, um, but I trust that um, content-wise you guys will be carrying the baton like the old hands you are. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm also right thinking, is... Ivo, that at, at Eton, they need to train some of you to be subservient because you need that as well. It can't be ever, everyone being powerful, can it? You need yeah, some yeah. of the more submissive ones. That's exactly it. They, 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 they've got to have some cannon fodder. Uh, for, for, for the alphas to sort of road test their gear on. That's fine, you know. Uh, it all shows up the same in the university applications. <laughs> Let's talk about this week's hypothetical prizes. They are a swimming pool full of custard, a parrot who's been trained to say nice stuff about you when you're not around, and um, I don't love saying this, especially given what we've already discussed, one of those titles for land in Scotland you can buy off the internet. <laughs> it's not the same. <laughs> You've been on the show, Ivo. You've been on the, the, the telly show. What, what should we expect? Is it stressful? Yes. Yes, I, I, I find it very stressful. I suppose the one consolation as a guest is that occasionally one of the two of you, usually you, James, uh, will leap up and uh, throw yourself into a generously uh, ambitious improvised skit <laughs> to both bring my ideas to life and undeniably pad out the show um, <laughs> i won't be doing any of that uh I, I, you know I, I think i'll be sitting in the chair and saying things like and how exactly will that play out no help from me yes great great it's not a lot of fun but it's a great relief when it's over so uh so thanks <laughs> thanks again for having me for those shows and thanks for having me for this i liked i liked acting out the um the scene on the titanic with you 
and there was a rule that we weren't allowed to fall in love. And I kept on trying to make you fall in love with me, but you were able to resist. Yeah. Um, while I think that was, to, to most people involved, a clearly nonsensical skit, I think it did somehow manage to feed its way into my self-esteem for some weeks afterwards. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, there can't be nothing in this heartthrob thing if James has got so much mileage out of it. <laughs> yeah. Checking the YouTube comments to see if people agree. Anyway, uh, this week, uh, I'll be pitting you two against each other in a head-to-head like some mad emperor. Uh, Who'll come out on top? Let's find out in this week's What Would You Do? So here's how it's going to play out. You've both been sent back in time to your 13th birthday. Nightmare scenario. To return to the present day... You must become a millionaire. Here are the rules. You're in your current day brain, but in your 13-year-old body. No one must suspect that you're an adult in a child's body. I mean, I'd be falling at that hurdle very early doors. People were suspecting that all of the time uh, back in the day. They'd say that as well as if it was a compliment. Um, You have until your 14th birthday, first to a million pounds wins. And please don't fail your SATs. They are important. Okay. You're 13 years old. Um, so that would be 1996 for me. Yeah. 98 for me. James, you've spent quite a lot of uh, the last couple of years as a stand-up. Man United, Lunar Eclipse, etc. But but very little reference to you being on the cusp of a million quid. Yeah. So I guess 99, which is the year I've been talking about a lot, is the deadline for this particular hypothetical. I've got to be a millionaire by then. Um yeah. Which I think plays into my hands, actually, because if it's 98, I've got to become a millionaire by 99. A lot of fear was in the air around the, the turn of the millennium. People were thinking... Mm. And a lot of no fear as well. A lot of that, that was a big brand as well. <laughs> I was mainly in your life. You were, you, you were head to toe in no fear and spliffy jeans or whatever you were wearing. Is it too late um, to invest in no fear? Do you think that's going to be the quickest way to slightly? Only the bravest people invested in that brand. Yeah. <laughs> you have to go all in. They won't let you invest like a little bit. You have to put everything in. Everything. And just push your fingers. But that's what I would use. I'd use the fact that people were scared of the millennium bug. People were like panic buying uh, bottled water. And mm. I think I would go into the bottled water biz but I would make out that, like, this bottled water, this is what commandos drink out in the field when they're surviving. Like, this is the water that survivalists use. This is the water that you're going to want to use in a survival situation because this is what the pro- Bear Grylls drinks. Or the, back then, I wouldn't know who Bear Grylls was. Steve Irwin drinks it. Bear Grylls would have been at school at the time. Don't need to say which one. Um, <laughs> I think he'd have been on the cusp of his sats himself. Um, yeah, was there was survival big in the big in the late nineties? People were worried that mm. when the Millennium Eve happened, when it turned, yeah, that everything was going to fall apart. Because you know, I think a lot of supermarkets sold out of water. So if I make myself the number one water brand in the UK, I've typed in bottled water shortage, nineteen ninety nine UK. And it's not, um, it's not been the sort of nostalgic news. 
sort of bomb that I was hoping for, really. I remember seeing footage of people panic buying. No? I think I think people might have panicked, but there was definitely fear of the millennium. Yeah. There was definitely fear it was all going to be over. Mm-hmm. Josh, do you think you could be using the fear of the millennium as far back as 1996, or do you think people were still no, pretty I, complacent with their water bottle buying back in 96? I don't, I don't want to be crass, and I don't know whether I'd be allowed to answer this, but I think I could use my knowledge of football and sport to just gamble like my way to a million pounds. The Biff Tannen. Yeah, I think I could do the Biff Tannen. I think I could do the Biff Tannen, yeah. What what sports result are you... Um, James, of course we'll come back to the logistics of setting up a water bottle company. But, uh, but, but let's, let's do a couple of football results from 1996. Well, I could do a lot of Euro 96, couldn't I? Because mm. I remember Euro 96 very well. So say I start with 100 quid and I just keep doubling. As somebody who spends a lot of time thinking about... Uh, going back in time and doing the Biff Tannen. Um, one of my main <laughs> questions is, dr- like, drawing attention to oneself. Like, yes. Well, the one I often think of is uh, Leicester, 2015 to 16. Uh, and yeah. whether I would go back in time and just put, whatever, 100 quid on when it was 5,000 to one. Yeah. Or whether I would keep a lower profile by sort of burying myself in the sort of November, December chances. I think it's very, I think it's very sweet that you think 100 quid would be enough to alert the uh, the uh, the bookmakers to this potential time traveler <laughs> a man paying 100 pounds on Leicester city cannot be from the present day he wouldn't an alarm goes off under the desk immediately <laughs> we got ourselves a time traveler we've got ourselves a biff tannen we've got, we thought this might happen we have a biff tannen I suppose what I what I mean is, would you want to spread yourself across lots of Euros results and keep quite a low profile, or does that not really well, matter? I fear that that would make it worse, wouldn't it? Because someone might punt a hundred quid on Leicester to win the league, but for someone to punt a thousand pounds on the semi-final and final correct results would feel almost more. And Acaster doesn't have this problem. Two words: the butterfly effect. Oh, yeah. You worry. When you're doing your Biff Tannen, what if my sheer existence of putting this money on in some way influences the world and the result I remember doesn't occur? Yeah. Yeah. Why does James not... Uh, one of the coldest things you've ever said to well, your friend. Well, because he's not trying to... He's not trying to... He's not trying to do a Biff Tannen. Do you know no. what I mean? He's trying, to, he's trying to change history, whereas I'm trying to live the exact same history but make money out of it, if that makes mm. sense. You know... Maybe the team will hear there's been a pretty big bet put on this. Yeah, yeah. Gets in their heads. The German team hear that someone's doing a Biff Tannen. Someone's doing a Biff Tannen, it's £100,000. Well, someone who's already won a huge amount of money on this on the semi-final. Yeah, yeah because I, what if what if my, my bets became public and I became a kind of Paul the Octopus oh, figure? Oh. <laughs> the octopus that predicted the results in the 2010 World Cup. And suddenly, I'm, I'm being featured in the sun as this kind of sage. Yeah. And so my prediction of 2-1 to Germany actually affects the kind of... They'd have heard about it. They maybe get a bit cocky when they go 1-0 down because they think we're bound to win 2-1 and then they don't fight back to win 2-1. I think either way you're, you're losing, though, because if you bet on Germany beating... You, you're betting on Germany beating England in the semi-final... You're, you're making yourself very unpopular with that as well. But what if what if Terry Venables comes to me and goes, I hear you're doing a Biff Tannen. Who should I get to take my penalties? Do I warn him against it? Do I go, do not get Gareth Southgate to take a penalty? 
<laughs> it's too much. I couldn't get involved. The whole thing's falling apart. Yeah. Yeah, your allegiance there. That's 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 tough, right? Yeah, what I'm seeing at the moment is James setting up a water bottle company, which you know, it's very enterprising, capitalises on a little bit of sort of pre-millennium anxiety, probably yeah. doesn't make a million quid, but, you know, maybe there's a nice couple of hundred grand and a future entrepreneurial career out of it, whereas your whole life has been destroyed by the very process of doing this, I think. <laughs> You're going to both need a bit of help. So um, uh, I, I'm delighted to ask a, a simple question like, do you think your parents might be of any help? I mean, even Josh going into betting shops as a 13-year-old, Mm. Is, is that going to be possible? I thought you were going to say you're going to need a bit of help. Why don't you contact Hugh Graham in uh, in, uh, in Wiltshire for some investment? Do you know? Do you know what I just thought? Then we know what a good coffee shop is now, mm-hmm. but there was none in 1998. Yeah, yeah. If you opened one of them in central London, would you absolutely clean up, or would people go because I? I what the hell is this? Mm. Finally, I get to ask Josh Whitaker this on a podcast. What makes a good coffee shop? Well, Ivor, you won't really... <laughs> <laughs> what are these criteria that you're blowing 1996 minds with? Like the different array of coffees, the idea that you'd sit in on comfortable chairs and there'd be music and it would, wouldn't just be a cafe that you go in to eat and leave, it would be a place to lounge. Yeah, okay. They're pastries of different types. Paninis. Imagine people's mind when you brought out the paninis. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah the answer has flowed out of you there. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I can't argue with any of that. You know, um, loads of things that we know, you know, become really big fads later on that if we brought them out in the late 90s you know salted caramel or pulled pork or anything like that oh yeah people would go because we know that people like them we know that they're objectively nice and when they got released people would go nuts for them so do you think you could create salted caramel yeah you just put salt in caramel don't you it's the easiest thing in the world yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. so i'd say to everyone yeah new sauce it's called salted caramel and, oh, uh, my God, you'd absolutely blow minds. When yeah. was salted caramel invented? Popularised in 1977 by the French pastry chef Henri Leroux. But that's it, fine. It absolutely wasn't. It absolutely wasn't. It probably was, but, like, it, it was dormant yeah. in the late 90s. If anything, that draws less suspicion to me that it was yeah. invented back in the day and I'm just re- reviving it rather than mm. I've invented it yeah. by myself. I wonder, James, if you're, if you're getting people through the door with this lovely uh, salted caramel... And then you're maybe getting a little bit of millennial anxiety into their heads as they approach mm. the till. Um, well, also, I mean, you mentioned our parents helping earlier, and um, I really am playing quite a dicey game if I start going into desserts for this because I, I have <laughs> a few family members, uh, one in particular, who would probably eat most of my stock before I've managed to sell it. <laughs> I mean, could you uh, sell it to your own family? Yeah, you know, if I, yeah, I probably could make a million. So that it, you know, he'd it, it, have to remortgage the house and stuff, but he'd, he'd do it. Well, it feels like we've covered a few things, um, and even though the predicting football results thing is definitely uh, the, the thing that I think about most of the time, just hearing you flesh it out has brought to mind just how sort of kaleidoscopically varied the psychological risks involved are. Um, so I think it is it, it is really down to best invention. I don't think either of you are making a million pounds. What? I suddenly feel like I'm on Dragon's Den. I think, Josh, you've, you've made about £50,000 on some group stage results in the Euros. But as uh, the tension in the tournament ratchets up 
and um, the media find out about what, what you're up to, uh, you become, on the night of England's elimination, an instant national hate figure. Uh, and it becomes <laughs> impossible for you to monetize your skill uh, and, and get all the way to making a million pounds from the final. Um, James, I don't think we've really drilled down into exactly what kind of salted caramel water boutique you've set up here. Uh, and just just how many of your clients are going to Oh, and also Josh is also setting up a, 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 a the first ever cool cafe. Is that in London or in Devon? <laughs> oh, London. I'm not an idiot. So I think the from Devon, I've, you're you're yeah. what you're you're setting up temporarily in London in the holidays to try. Yeah, I think also a 13 year old trying to get like trying to work through the the problems of business rates and like I think so or I think even just some of the stuff you've said now convincingly as an adult makes a lot less sense as a a 13 year old saying and the great thing is you can sit in it becomes a place to commune <laughs> uh, I, I don't think I don't think people are buying that um no matter how many different types of milk you've brought in uh whereas I, th- I think I think James really has made quite a lot of money out of his immediate family alone on salted caramel ice cream uh and the millennial anxiety thing is is very nice. So I think Josh is going to get Josh is going to get two out of five. And James, what happens if you don't make a million? I think even if you don't quite make a million, I think you've made enough to be. Let's put it this way: you're watching the European Cup final from a from a box in Barcelona. <laughs> you've, you, yeah. you've you've taken your whole family to Barcelona to watch the f- final of the 1999 European Cup uh, with your with your with your salted caramel water winnings. Um, unfortunately, Man United uh, aren't in that final because uh, the sort of mental spirit of all English footballers has been broken by the traumatic experiences of 1996. We've, we've ceased to be a powerhouse on the international stage. Um, but yeah, so it's four points for James, two for Josh. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So our next round is Not for a Million Quid, where our contestants bid to see who would pay the least to do the thing in the question. Lovely to be doing a round called Not for a Million Quid straight after I've decreed that neither of you have made a million quid uh, in the previous. <laughs> you, you're desperate for a million quid by this point. I'll give the question, and the winner is whoever bids lowest and can justify being able to cope with it. And I'll be bidding too. So the question is, 
How much to be attached to a lie detector for a year? The rules. If anyone asks what's going on, you have to tell them you're attached to a lie detector and you can take it off for five minutes a day for a shower. Get your lying in in the shower. Get your lying in in the shower. You're always saying that. So could you text someone from the shower, like, or or call someone if you needed to tell a lie in those five minutes? And they'd say, are you in the shower? And you could go, no, I'm not, and it'd be fine. Why would they say are you in the shower? <laughs> if you're texting. in the shower. Oh, sorry, I thought you were texting. Um... <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> if anyone texts me, I always double check if they're in the shower. <laughs> I saw the, the shower clause and I just thought, no baths for a year, which is, you're playing the oh, game yeah. in a much more uh, skilled way, which is, you're. Are you a bather? Uh, that's not what we've, what we've come together um, to discuss today. Uh, but I'd certainly like to have at least a bath a year. Um, and. Uh, how many are you knocking out a year, do you reckon? Uh, separate question. I reckon last year I had zero baths. Um, bad year for the baths. Uh, uh, <laughs> for, for, for you, I, I kept up my averages. Good saving water, James, I think, in this environmental situation we're in with no baths. Thank you. Sorry, can't be, I've been really thick. I just do not understand you can take it off for five minutes a day for a shower. Because the lie detector would be destroyed in the yeah, shower. Yeah, it would be destroyed right? in the shower. Let's presume, let's presume it's that. It would short circuit. Yeah. It would frazz. Uh, I was thinking how much not to be able to lie or how much to have to tell the truth for a year. But it's actually how much to have yeah. a big bit of clobber as well. So it's not just about... No, yeah, I, th- yeah, I think I think the, the truth is the worst bit, though, right? Well, well he says, as, he says as, an, as a non-sportsman, you know, I, I cherish my fiver sight. <laughs> and uh, that's impacted yeah. pretty heavily by me pulling a lie detector around, a bit, around the pitch with me. Oh, yeah. So that's... Um, and on stage... You'd, I mean, you'd have to incorporate it, I suppose. Oh, Ivo, yeah. imagine some... I've, I've seen your stories. There. There's, a, there's a lot of embellishment going on there. That would be a disaster for your stand-up. I, I think that's, uh, uh, what a, that accusation goes beyond this Zoom. Uh, <laughs> it would be buzzing haywire with Josh's routines, being like, he doesn't really think that's ridiculous. He knows exactly who does those things. <laughs> <laughs> he actually understands the internal social logic of these minor quirks. <laughs> yeah, it's all over it. He can see both sides of the situation, this guy. Relationships would be tough, obviously. Oh, here we go. Not because I'm... It's the, it's the white... The, the white lies, isn't it? That's your problem. Go on. Some examples of white lies in relationships, Josh. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm in the car and I'm ten minutes from home when I know that I'm still waiting for the Uber. That kind of thing. <laughs> what a! I mean, it's, it's not a terrible relationship if that's the if that's the worst the lies are getting. No, but it's still you know there's a lot of the little things like that. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, the worst thing um, is when you're texting to say, I'll be home in 10 minutes, but you're actually in the shower. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that, of course. I, I, do you know what? I, I, I would like, I would actually like to do this in a way because I think it would be good to just have a year where I can't get myself out of any situations by lying, mm-hmm. even if they're white lies. I would probably do this for. I still want to do it for an amount that is is worth it and that motivates me to do it all year. So I think I would go for half a million. Half a million. I think James is a a more honest man than me. Because James is the kind of person that... 
if someone says something he disagrees with, he disagree with them. Mm-hmm. Whereas I'm the kind of person that would let anything slide for a quiet life. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Friday night, Channel Four. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm pathologically dishonest if it gets me out of an argument. But, so I would go much higher. I would go £3 million. Pounds. So let's, let's divide your life into, into sort of segments here. Are, are, there, are there people you're not seeing over the course of this year because of this? Is it changing who you interact with? Not for me, I don't think. I think um, well, you'd have to see your nearest and dearest. Yeah. Quite, Josh, you've got obviously children. No, no lies to your daughter. That's um, yeah. uh, not. I, I operate I that policy, obviously. Anyway, yeah, well, yeah no, it's, exactly. It's 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 untenable. It's, it's well, untenable. your daughter still believes in Father Christmas, right? Oh God! Yeah. Like well, she's completely bought into that. Yes, and I should say for any children listening, that is the correct decision because he does yeah. exist. Christmas would be a very tough time. I I couldn't do it. Ivo, you? Um, I think. I mean, I like James's point about it being a good a good test um, of yourself, a, a good thing to yeah. force you into living a more honourable life and learning a lot about yourself in the process. But I just, I think I'm losing a lot of work, a lot of friends and a lot of sport. And I, I, I don't like that what at all. What do you mean all. sport? Oh, well, you've got a lie detector. It's lie detector attached to it. I mean, it's a huge mobility issue. You wouldn't even be able to pop out for a water at James's... Apocalyptic cafe. <laughs> and if anyone asks what go, what's going on, you have to tell them you're attached to a lie. So if it, and so people would, in the street, say, what's that thing? And you'd say, oh, it's a lie detector. Your average have-a-go truth-sayer on the, on, the, on the street is going to love or, saying, where do you live? Or do you like Rob Beckett? Or, yeah. or you'd be on a night out and two lads would come over and one would enjoy going to you, do you think my mate's got a big nose? Yeah, yeah. And you'd like, yeah. it'd, be, it'd be an absolute nightmare on a night out. <laughs> I think nights out are off the table. Um, but yeah. again, that's mainly because, you know, I don't know what your average bouncer is making of the, of the lie detector you're, you're dragging in. Yeah. So James has said £500,000 and Josh has said £3 million. I'll pitch in between the two of you at a very neat million pounds, and I think, I think that I think that James could. I mean, listen, I, and I say this with nothing but love and respect, James, but I would love to ask you, strap to your lie detector, about some of the music you claim to enjoy, because <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> I mean, there's going to be something to gain from lying. And why? I'd like to know what you think I'm gaining from that. And I've greatly enjoyed most of the quite niche stuff you've introduced me to. And I'd like to think of myself as having quite eclectic taste. But uh, I'd, yeah, I'd certainly the, the post lie detector version of perfect sound, whatever is uh, um, is, is, is the copy that I want to read. Um, yeah. Oh well, I mean, maybe we, maybe we should organise doing that at some point anyway. I could get we get a lie detector, strap me to it, and just have you just ask me about albums Great. <laughs> that I claim to have enjoyed. Yeah, but I mean, as you said, you've 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 played that with a straight bat. You think you've got integrity. You do have integrity. You do broadly give honest answers about what you think of things musically and morally. Uh, you you don't take a lot of baths, as established. 
you're in the middle of a, a, a sort of stand-up comedy hiatus, uh, so you, you might not have to gig for a year, and that'd be you'd be broadly fine with that. Yeah. Um, you know, although the gigs I had started doing, I'm kind of allowing people to heckle me and shout out, so that might be a real disaster. That's true. Actually, people allowed to shout out whatever they want, but I, I still think I'll be all right. Yeah, I mean, James. Again, I'd like to say you'd have some awkward gigs as you were forced to tell the crowd what you really thought of them. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not a completely uh, novel scenario we're painting. Um, <laughs> I think um, I think it's going to be a thrilling new strand to your already admirable creative portfolio, and I think your personal life is going to survive intact. And you're going to have a cool five hundred big ones. Uh, on top so have a lovely year and I think you can do it thank you Ivo means a lot well as salted caramel mogul James Acaster prepares for his 12 months of honesty that's all we have time for on this week's hypothetical podcast this week's winner is James Acaster some manful efforts by Josh Widdicombe but ultimately he's not Paul the Octopus and he never will be Thanks to everyone for listening, and uh, someone else will be in this hallowed chair next week. I've been Ivo Graham. Goodbye. Hypothetical the Podcast is a hat trick production for Dave. All episodes of Hypothetical the TV show are available on UK TV Play. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Have you ever wondered what it'd be like to nose around a comedian's house, take their stuff and see how much money you can make by selling it? No, that's a pretty niche thing, to be honest. A bit creepy, really. But that's the premise of Dave's brand new comedy podcast, Hard Sell, with me, Josh Jones. And me, Darren Harrier. We're going to travel the country, visiting the homes of different comedians, chatting about their spending habits before grabbing one of their favourite possessions and giving ourselves one week to try and sell it for charity in a competition to see who can raise the most money. It's a right laugh as we get to meet amazing funny people like Kima Bob, Joel Domit, Rhea Lena, Ivo Graham, Josh Pugh and lots more. But also sort of like an incredibly stressful cheese dream where we're trying to shift what are essentially stolen goods against the clock. <laughs> it's bonkers. Hard Sell with Josh Jones and Darren Harrier. Available now wherever you get your podcasts.